Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell on this final day of the working week. Today being Friday, the 2nd of September, 2022. The second day of the ninth month of the year. Man, there's only three months till Christmas. Well, I cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. So I trust you're having a phenomenal week. I trust your sales team is making every post a winner. And uh, hopefully you're looking forward to a bit of a rest over the weekend so you can reflect on how great this week has been and get ready to reload into a new week next week. So in this episode, as we wrap up the week, wanted to talk about leadership and how leadership is not a popularity contest. Now, I often say to people that leadership is not for everybody and leadership is not necessarily easy. And when you look at the number of people that get into a leadership position every year, many of them are thrust into that leadership position because of their Great performance as an individual contributor. Unfortunately, many of them are not necessarily prepared for that leap into a leadership position and all of the, I guess, responsibility that comes with it and all of the opportunities that come with it. And often they're not they're not prepared because they don't have the transition plan, they don't have the support, they don't have the right blueprint in order to make that transition a, uh, a well, I was going to say a safe one or a, a smooth one. Because when you look at the skill set required to be a leader, whether it be a leader of, a, of an operational team or certainly, as we talk about all the time, a leader of a sales team, there's a set of skills that are fundamentally different that you require as a leader to the skills that you require as an individual contributor. Now, many leaders, unfortunately, when they do make the leap to a leadership position, they attempt to be popular. They often, and I've, I've spoken about this regularly, they attempt to create an environment that they think is high performing, but in actual fact, what they're doing is creating a codependent environment. One of the reasons for this is they are wanting to, first and foremost, to remain popular with their team and to do the right thing. Not necessarily being aware of or considering consciously what are some of the leadership attributes that they need to bring to the table in order to underpin exceptional performance. Now, my own experience with this, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you would have heard me talk about this quite often, is the, thir- the first 90 days of my sales leadership career, even though I had spent the previous two years building a philosophy, there was nothing that would replace the, I guess, the hands-on experience of those first 90 days. Now, even though I, I thought I was prepared, I still had this element of wanting to be popular, wanting to be liked by the team. And through that process, unfortunately created a an environment of codependency where I was dependent on the team to come to me with pretty much everything, including opportunities, including problems, including uh, everything in between. And I did my very best to solve all those problems. So I was actually now conditioning my team to continue to come to me with those particular problems and challenges. So guess what they did? They did that. Now in the process, not only did I nearly burn out, but I thought I was doing the right thing and I thought I was being liked and I thought I was building levels of trust with my team. And I see this happen time and time again. Now, we all have as human beings this almost innate need to be liked and to belong to something. And this can sometimes, um, unfortunately, hamper our ability to effectively lead. Now, I see this happen a lot and it happened to me. When I was given the opportunity to step up to be a sales leader in a in a sort of a permanent permanent sort of role, 
I was given the reins of the team that I was uh, previously a peer of. Now, within that, and I've shared this story with a number of people, within that team I had a sales executive within that team that was, I think at the time, probably 20 years, maybe 15 to 20 years more older, more experienced than I was. And that particular person happened to be my very first sales mentor. Now, thankfully, we had a fantastic relationship and he was he was an enabler for me to and help I must say helped me through those first 90 days as well and helped me see the fact that I was building codependency and was one of the catalysts for me to um, give myself a bit of a, a check up from the neck up and change my change my way so I could actually start to build some cohesion within the team. But uh, for many people, moving from a peer group into a leadership position of that peer group can be very very challenging because the pull of the tribe is really, really powerful. And I've seen it happen so many times that uh, when the proverbial hits the fan, when things get a little bit tougher, when the conversations have to be had, it's very easy for the people within the team to kind of just say, hey, hey, Tommy, hey, Darren, hey, Jill, I thought you were one of us. I thought we were friends. All of a sudden now, they're separating themselves from you as the leader and almost put you into the us versus them bucket which for many leaders can be very challenging because all of a sudden you think, hang on, I'm, I'm, I've got a good friendship with this person. We are friends and I've got a lot of respect for them, but they're looking at me as one of the managers. It's almost like an us versus them sort of situation. And for many leaders, that can be quite confronting and quite challenging to deal with. And it's one of the reasons why when you become a leader, it comes with not only great opportunity, it also comes with a huge amount of responsibility. And this is why Working with leaders, I focus on a number of things. And one of the key things I focus on first and foremost is to let these leaders know that leadership is not a popularity contest. If you're looking to become popular with your team, then you're probably doing them a disservice. And in the process, will go a long way to inhibiting your own ability to develop your leadership credentials and therefore stifle your own leadership development. So it's simply, we need to simply put this on the table up front. That these, you know, I'm not there to be, as a, as a sales leader in particular, I'm not there to be popular. What I'm there to do is to develop sustainability, replicability, and exceptional results. That is it. Now, in the process, if I can have people who like me, great. But more importantly, I've got to think about how can I have people respect me? And this is where this word consistency comes in yet again. So I'm as a sales leader, I'm very, very happy for somebody to disagree with me. I'm very happy for also people to challenge me because that is a mark of a level of respect that I've created and a level of trust that I have where people feel comfortable challenging me on my ideas, uh, sometimes behavior, whatever the case might be. It's a robust conversation that they feel comfortable having and that is a mark of the level of respect that you can create. It is not about being popular and it's certainly not about being uh, liked. So if you're a leader right now who is on reflection, somebody who likes to be uh, belonging to something, likes to be liked, wants to be popular, uh, and you've got some challenges with your team, uh, here's some things to think about because this is something that I always talk to leaders around when we're working together one-on-one is to get really, really crystal clear on a number of these areas so that uh, as a leader, you know what you stand for. Uh, And so you can actually start to build this level of consistency in your leadership, which, by the way, will start to play out in levels of consistency with how your team performs. So the first and foremost is the first one of the first questions I ask any leader is, you know, why did you become a leader? Uh, What was it that drove you to becoming a leader? Now, many people don't get asked that question. And when they are, they've got no real idea as to 
why they become a leader. Now, I've talked a lot about in various episodes around why you become a sales leader, so I'm not going to do that today. But if you haven't listened to those, then please go back and listen to some of those episodes. I think one of them is called Why, why Did You Become a Sales Leader? But it really comes down to what do you stand for as a leader? What is important to you? And particularly if you're relatively new to sales leadership or any form of leadership, this sort of question is a really important one because it can set up the entire ecosystem for your leadership moving forward. So what do you stand for as a leader? What is important to you as a leader? And part of this is to think about what are my leadership values? So if you can sit down and think about what are the five to seven key attributes or characteristics that you hold dear to you that's really important to you as a leader, these become almost like the North Star of your leadership. This helps, by the way, create lots of uh, consistency. And yes, there might be some people within your team who don't necessarily agree with you, and that's perfectly okay. But the last thing they can say to you is at least you are not consistent. So if you go into every situation and you know exactly why you're a leader and what you stand for, what your leadership values are, then that becomes the filter through which you do absolutely everything. So when I'm working one-on-one with leaders, we will spend dedicated time sitting down and really thinking about and challenging, okay, what are the leadership values? Because once you get those top five done and you lock them in, then it becomes, leadership becomes that much less, I wouldn't say easy, less, less difficult. Now, a key part of this is also think about, okay, these are the values that I have, but also from that, what are some of the standards of excellence that I possess and what are some of the standards of excellence that I'm going to expect, not just of myself, but also for others as well. So standards of excellence will be behaviors. So values are going to be attributes that you think or characteristics that are innate to you and what do you what, what's important to you, but also start thinking about what are the standards or what are the behaviors that you want to continue to bring to the table every single day. Now, it could be that there might be some that are that are overlapping with the values, and that's perfectly okay because sometimes people will come up with things like integrity uh, or character or consistency, and that can be a standard of excellence and can also be a value. But what I'm also looking for is things like uh, you might have a level of authenticity that's important to you as a value, uh, but from a standard of excellence, it might be that you have punctuality as a standard of excellence, which is not necessarily a value. It could be, but in many cases, there's other values that are probably more conducive to, to exceptional leadership. But a standard of excellence will be things like punctuality, so that if I if I have a meeting to attend to, I will be there punctually. I will be there early, because as we've always said, that to be early is to be on time, to be on time is to be late. So getting really, really crystal clear on what the standards of excellence are going to be that I possess, which by the way, makes it a lot easier to now set expectations, not just for the sales team, but also the other key stakeholders you're gonna be dealing with on a regular basis in terms of setting the standards around how we're gonna work in this particular ecosystem. The next thing to think about, and unfortunately many people don't, uh, particularly if you've inherited a team, you don't necessarily have a huge amount of time to focus on this because you're trying to actually make sense of the team that you've got and trying to maximize the performance of those existing individuals. But one of the key things to think about from a leadership point of view is to get crystal clear on what do we look for in a high-performing team. So what are the characteristics that we are looking for in a high-performing team? Now, if you listened to the podcast yesterday, I had a great conversation with Dr. Christopher Croner, who was talking about some of the three non-teachable but essential characteristics of salespeople who particularly are great hunters. And that is motivation by wanting to achieve results and not motivation by money, but simply they are motivated to achieve, period. Also, they want to compete, uh, not just necessarily against others, but specifically 
against themselves because they always know that there's another level to get to. And they're always optimistic. They're always looking at whatever's happening in the marketplace. They know there's going to be a seed of an opportunity there. So they are eternally optimistic. So there are three key characteristics which you cannot necessarily teach people that are very important to actually bring people on board as a salesperson who will drive sustainable success because they have these characteristics. So it's so important for us as a, as a sales leader to look at what does success look like and what do successful people within the team look like? What are their characteristics? Now, this might sound like a lot of work, and in all honesty, it can be. It does take time to really think about these, particularly, I mean, you can't sit down and do a values exercise in 15 minutes. Uh, because if you do, either you know your values and they're intrinsically linked to everything you do, and it's just an easy exercise. For most people, it takes a bit of time. So a lot for a lot of these things, it's going to take a bit of time, which means as a sales leader, we've got to give ourselves some bandwidth to actually start thinking about these because this will pay dividends down the track. I see too many sales leaders coming into an organization and their first first focus is driving the numbers. One of the reasons for that is the conditioning they've been placed under by others within the organization to drive their focus on the numbers. Now, what I do is I say, okay, the numbers are important. We need to know what success looks like, but we need to start to delve deep into a number of the enablers that will create the environment for sustainable success and exceptional performance to take place. So what are you looking for in a high-performing team? Sit down and really think about this. What is important to you? What does the ideal sales executive look like for you in your particular environment, in your particular business, and in your particular industry? The other key part of this as well is who you're going to surround yourself with. As a high-performing, exceptional sales leader, you need to be surrounded by high-quality people. Now, it's often been said that we are the summation or the average of the five closest people that we hang around with the majority of the time, and it's equally important around leadership. Now, sometimes you won't have a choice because you're going to have peer groups that you have to get together with on a regular basis, but what I'm saying here is if you cannot identify people who share the same values or on the same wavelength, who know you intimately, who can give you and are prepared to give you feedback that's going to help you, then you need to start finding people to do that. Because otherwise, you'll be start to become conditioned by the environment that you find yourself in. And guess what? You'll become the average of the five closest people that you hang around with. And I've seen this happen time and time again. A sales letter comes into an organization. They have a huge level of enthusiasm. They're really clear on what they stand for, and yet they find themselves in an environment where others do not share necessarily the same level of uh, aptitude. And over time, this particular sales leader's uh, engagement, their performance, their thinking process starts to wane and starts to reduce in terms of exceptional levels. And it's something we need to be really, really conscious of. So if you cannot avoid uh, some people within the organization that you have to just liaise with on a, on a daily basis, then just be consciously aware of what impact they have, but go out and find people who will support you, who will be your confidence, who you can get into your inner circle and uh, spend as much time as you possibly can with them. So be really clear on who you surround yourself with. The other thing around sales leadership as well, and I've, I've learned this uh, over many, many years, and I, and I talked to a lot of sales leaders about this as well, is, is get really clear on the environment that you want to create. So environment is everything. Environment equals culture. And this comes down to being really clear on the type of people you want to have, the type of attributes you're looking for. But ultimately, if you can describe what the environment is on an average day, uh, what does it look like? So I'm not going to preempt that, but just think about if you have an environment that equals great success, what is happening in that environment? And then the final thing to think about is what conversations are you prepared to have? Now, conversations not just with yourself, but also conversations with your team, 
conversations with your mentors, conversations with your senior leaders, but also conversations with your key stakeholders, which could be partners and they could also be customers. So getting really, really clear on all of those things will enable you to build a leadership philosophy and a leadership approach, which by the way, does not become based on popularity. Now, through that process, you may well become quite popular and that is fantastic and it's a great uh, it's a great byproduct of great leadership. But the key message I want to get across today is that leadership is not a popularity contest. And if you're going into a leadership position hoping to be liked and desperately wanting to be liked, then you may be very, very uh, sadly disappointed when you find that people don't necessarily like you. Instead, think about how I can put a lot of these things in place that we've just talked about. And instead of being liked, how can I focus on doing the right thing? Now, if your intention is to help your team, if your intention is to create an environment that can enable your team to exponentially improve what they do and become a better version of themselves, not just as a performer in the sales realm, but a better person full stop, then guess what? You'll be well on your way to be an exceptional sales leader because you'll be respected and you will be trusted. And the biggest thing about this, and I'll finish the episode with this, is you've got to be consistent with this. You have to be relentlessly consistent with the standards that you hold yourself to and the standards you're going to hold others to as well. When you do that, very often, as funny as it sounds, you may actually become popular. But we do not do this to be popular. We do this because it's the right thing to do and we try to build respect and we try to build trust. And through that process, we build consistency. And if there's a byproduct there that we become popular, we become liked, then that, hey, that is just the cherry on top of the ice cream. So I trust that message helps as we finish off the week. I trust it makes sense. And hopefully it hits you at the right time as well. So as a reminder, as we wrap up this particular episode, when you are ready to work together one-on-one to take your leadership to another level entirely to help you drive more meaning, more revenue, and uh, more significance in your role as a leader, becoming an exceptional sales leader, love the opportunity of working with you one-on-one and helping your team in the process become exceptional at what they do as well. So go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on a Zoom call, have a conversation about where you're at, map out a plan, map out a strategy, and start executing that strategy ASAP. So I look forward to that conversation. Once again, thanks for plugging into the podcast. We hope you have a phenomenal weekend, and I look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.